right here in the middle of basketball season, football recruiting heating up. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, Alabama had a huge weekend in the football recruiting world. Um, and there was some actually a surprise visitor there. Uh, Demarcus Riddick made it to campus, did he not? The linebacker from uh, Chilton County. Yeah, that's what Andrew Bone and Bama Insider uh, reported. Uh, very exciting because, you know, Alabama hadn't offered uh, Riddick early, uh, partly, uh, mostly, if not all, because he had never attended camp at Alabama. That's a big thing. Uh, for the Crimson Tide and Nick Saban, they they like the hands-on evaluation. Uh, there's not a whole lot of kids they're just going to take based on their high school tape or or even an in-person evaluation. They like working with kids at camp and seeing who's coachable, all that stuff. And <clears throat> so so Riddick didn't get offered by Alabama early. He was offered by Georgia very early. Uh, I believe he had camped there. Anyway, the point is uh, Alabama is now now uh, very eager to get Riddick on, on campus and in camp. And he seems really open to uh, open to Alabama. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a big Riddick fan uh, for sure. Uh, I, I think I think he's got a chance to be a great player. Uh, it was interesting that he'd be on campus. It was an unbelievable group. Lots of highly recruited kids uh, at the junior day on Saturday, uh, including Dylan Stewart, who's the number one prospect in the entire country. He's a pass rusher from the Washington DC area. Uh, he was there uh, and, and lots of the top prospects in the state in uh, multiple classes, uh, not just 24 guys, but uh, 25 and even 26 guys. So it was a huge recruiting weekend. There's gonna be one more junior day, but really what Alabama likes to do is get their high profile prospects, the guys that, they're, that are near the top of their board, they like to get them as and, and actually attend the practice, maybe sit in meetings. Uh, it, it's just all about developing relationships. And here, here's an interesting thing, like one last thing I'll say before we, we move on to the next question and segment is Alabama believes because of all Alabama has to offer in terms of facilities and academics, and, and we all know the high profile nature of the program. They believe that if they get a kid on campus more than three or four times that they got it. I mean, it, it, it's literally, and, and they track all this, Luke. I mean, they've tracked this over time. Now, that that's not a 100% formula. I'm not saying they get them 100% of the time. It's probably not even close to 100%. But they feel like if they get a kid on campus multiple times, they got a great, great shot, uh, no, matter how, no matter who else is recruiting them. So it's about getting them in for the junior days, getting them to come to a spring practice, uh, getting them to, to, to come to, to an actual game, whether it's last fall or this fall, and then the official visit. If you, if you, if you, if you get all of that, we got a great, great shot at the player. Uh, another guy that was there this weekend, five-star receiver, Ryan Wingo. Um, this is somebody that apparently a lot of people believe will end up Tennessee right now. I mean, at least that's where the crystal balls are trending, but it doesn't matter. 
right at this moment, just like it doesn't matter necessarily that Demarcus Riddick is committed to Georgia, because uh, a lot of people think he may flip to Alabama or even maybe Auburn. Um, but Ryan Wingo, fantastic wide receiver. A lot of people think he's the best wide receiver in this class. Um, did you hear anything about his visit? It sounded like he had a great time. Yeah, it was a good uh, another. You know, that's not the first time he's been to Alabama either, which is good. So he he's a guy that's definitely going to be uh, among Alabama's top targets. Uh, one interesting thing about Wingo, a good test for Tommy Reese. Uh, I think Ringo is going to be a Tommy Reese guy, meaning, you know, Alabama's offensive coordinator have been too involved in recruiting the last few coordinators. I mean, starting with Lane has nothing to do with Bill O'Brien or anything else. It's just that, you know, you have 10 assistants and you can only have like eight on the road at one time. So there's always one assistant who's not traveling. Most of the time you want to make that guy a coordinator because they're so busy with other tasks. But some offensive coordinators are really, really good recruiters and, and you want them to be more active in recruiting. And Tommy Reese, apparently a guy like that. So he's going to have a lot of recruiting responsibility that like Bill O'Brien didn't have. Lane Kiffin didn't recruit much uh, when he was at Alabama. So again, it's not a Bill O'Brien thing. It, it's, it's a, Depends on who it is, but Tommy's going to be an active recruiter and uh, Wingo's one of his guys. Yeah, and I think it's really important to get some kind of um, some some new, good, fresh receivers in here. Um, right. I, I, I certainly do. I mean, I, again, I know we, we brought in some receivers for this particular class. We got Ryan William up in a few years, but, man, it, it feels like we've been lacking that dynamic playmaker, maybe Malik Benson will be that, right. that guy this year. And then one other guy I wanted to bring up is Antonio Coleman from yeah. Sarah Land. I mean, that that makes three dudes from Sarah Land who I think are all in the same class. Um, K.J. Lacey and now Ryan Williams. Uh, K.J. Lacey, of course, being the quarterback. Ryan Williams being the, the best wide receiver maybe in any class. I mean, he's just phenomenal. And already committed to Alabama. And then Antonio Coleman, no relation to the Antonio Coleman who played at Auburn, who I think – uh, probably would have been at Alabama just about any other year, but we had pretty poor leadership at the time. Yeah, uh, Anto <clears throat> this Antonio Coleman's not related to the Auburn Antonio. I've known him for a while because, hey, all you got to say is this. I mean, I think Luke's seen Sarah Land play, and Sarah Land just won the 6A state championship, and they're only getting better. I mean, Sarah Land state champs with an ascending program, if you can believe it or not. So when I tell you that, and then I say Antonio Coleman was a ninth grade starter as a defensive tackle. I think that's pretty much all you need to hear to say, oh, this guy must be pretty good. And he is. Uh, he's got to get a little bigger, but as with every 10th grade lineman alive, um, probably about 6'2", 265 right now. Uh, you know, but it's, it's reasonable to expect he's going to be in the 290 range by, by his senior season at Sarah Land. Uh, real disruptive, good athlete. Uh, a, a defensive tackle that can sort of run down backs from you know at the line of scrimmage from behind. So uh, it's exciting that Alabama offered him. It's not not his first SEC offer. He's had a few. Uh, crazy that Sarah Land has three. If you want to count KJ Lacey as offered, and we we can, uh, that's three players from Sarah Land in the same tenth grade class Alabama's offered. And I'm not going to be surprised, Luke, if there's a couple more from that that group. I would look at a a wide receiver, C.D. Gill, who's going to get a lot of looks. Uh, the running back, Sante McWilliams, he's going to be a Jameer Gibbs type, 
But, hey, you know, Jameer Gibbs probably going to be the second running back taken in this draft. I think Santay McWilliams is a lot like him. He's got multiple power five offers, too, as a 10th grade running back. Uh, and again, Gill at wide receiver, that, that's one that just jumps out to me. Uh, he, he doesn't get the attention Ryan Williams gets, and Ryan catches a, a lot of balls. But uh, but that means Gill gets a lot of one-on-ones over there, and he's really good. So, uh, man, that Sarah Land team is absolutely loaded. They also have, uh, by the way, uh, seniors, guys in the 24 class, uh, a linebacker who has offers from, I think, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Mississippi State. Uh, and he's a guy wow. we haven't really heard associated with all with Alabama yet. His name's Jamison Curtis. Again, 2014 linebacker from Sarah Land, uh, a year older than Ryan Williams and KJ in that group. But uh, three SEC offers, uh, 6'1", 210 linebacker. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Jameer Gibbs. We're going to talk about NFL Combine stuff here in the second segment. But right now, I need to tell everybody about Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Check out these Built Bars. Go get you some on order. You can get them from Amazon. You can get them from Walmart if you just want to go up the street or Sam's Club if you want to get them in bulk. Or if you're working out at Lifetime, you can go get one there because I do it all the time. they got flavors like churro, uh, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, all these wonderful raspberry and, and they just come out with new flavors all the time and they send them to Jimmy and me and we just eat them like they have the antidote in them. I mean, they're fantastic. You need to go try them. Built bars. These things are delicious, nutritious. You cannot beat them. You just got to try them. They will help you lose weight for only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can't beat that. So if you're trying to bulk up a little bit in terms of the muscle and slim down a little bit in terms of the chunkiness, I'm not sure if that is uh, the technical term, but uh, then you probably want a built bar. You will love these things uh, that they, you can get them Walmart, Sam's Club, Amazon, Lifetime, built.com. Just go to built.com, check out all the various flavors and then head on over to your local Walmart and go buy you a, a bushel full of them. Also go check out Locked On SC, not Locked On SEC. You can check them out, but go check out Locked On Basketball, too, Locked On College Basketball too. It's tournament time and they're going to be talking about the tournaments. So go check out Locked On College Basketball. NFL Combine, Jimmy. Um, I saw something that, I'll start out with something positive. Uh, Jameer Gibbs sounds like he kicked butt. Um yeah. I've seen him, most projections have him going late in the first round to somewhere like a Philadelphia, which I think would be amazing if he were to team up with, God, can you imagine Jameer Gibbs in the background, in the backfield with Jalen Hurts and you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I mean, you don't stop that. I mean, I, you can say, well, how do you stop that? Well, the answer is you don't. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a great – and I also wonder if there's some subliminal thing because a great uh, cop with Jameer Gibbs is Darren Sproles, who played so much of his career with the Eagles. So I wonder if a lot of that is almost like a subliminal Sproles thing. Uh, Jameer uh, ran uh, times that impressed that guy to me. I, I, not that I didn't know he was fast. I knew he was fast, but Jameer ran fast. Most of the time when I guess an Alabama player's 40 time, I'm going to guess that they're faster than they are most of the time. With Gibbs, I'm like, I don't know, maybe high four fours. I, you know, I won't be surprised with four five two. Oh no, no, he's out there running freaking four threes. Um, in, incredible time. Weighed one ninety nine. Also weighed more than I assumed he would. I, I, I would bet he played uh, this past season around one eighty five, like to me. But regardless, uh, 
Gibbs is very likely to be the second running back selected. My my, my opinion today still is – I'm going to still say second round just simply because the NFL doesn't take a lot of backs in the first round. He's more of a third down back and not an every down back like Bijan Robinson, who's going to be the first running back taken. I'm sure Bijan's going to go pretty high, actually, uh, especially for a running back. So I, I, I'm assuming second round for Jameer, but he did put up numbers – that would justify a first round selection. So that's, that's really exciting. He's a really good player. Uh, and frankly, let's be honest, uh, if you, you know, don't count Bryce, don't count Bryce. Gibbs was Alabama's best skill position player last season, the best running back, the best pass receiver, uh, more of a playmaker than any of the outside receivers or tight ends. Uh, he was Alabama's best skill player. And that's a, uh, that's saying quite a bit at, at a Nick Saban's Alabama. So we shouldn't be surprised when he does well in the NFL. I still think he's really ideally more of a third down back or these teams that play fast and love to get their running backs running wide receiver routes, which is sort of new. And, and, and Gibbs is just ideal for that kind of role. Yeah, I think he is too. Um, I, and I, boy, I really feel like he can, uh, make a move in that first round. I really do. I mean, maybe I'm being a little too bamorific. Um, meanwhile, I should throw out some moderately bad news, I guess. Um, one of the guys that apparently has not had a good combine is Brian Branch. I mean, this is somebody that everybody thought was going to be in the first round. I think he still may be in the first round. But I don't think some of his uh, combine statistics and numbers were all that great. And, uh, in fact, according to Ian, one scout said he was the most disappointing of all the guys that performed on his particular day. That is a little surprising to me, but I think one thing, whether it was Brian's decision or the NFL's that's a little off is uh, he worked out with the cornerbacks and not the safeties. I I don't know what difference that made in anyone's opinion, because to me, he was never going to be a cornerback and a nickel corner isn't really a cornerback either a nickel corner, which is what Brian branch mostly played at Alabama. We call it the star position. Uh, but in the NFL, it's just nickel corner. Uh, it's really a safety spot. It's in the middle of the field. You have a lot of run game responsibilities. You're usually not covering a tall 4-4 receiver outside. You're usually a smaller guy or a slower guy uh, that's that's lined up inside. Um, I can't help but think that that's some of this is why did Brian Branch work out with the corners? That's like, it's like Gibbs working out with the receivers. I mean – if you just make Jameer Gibbs a receiver, now he's not special. Now he's just short. <laughs> what makes Gibbs special is he's a running back with those receiver skills. That makes him unique and special and tough to defend. If you just make Jameer Gibbs a full-time wide receiver and put him outside with Jordan Addison, all of a sudden he's going to look probably fairly average, to be honest. Um, so I think once you, you you move Brian Branch and worked him out with the cornerbacks and, and compare him to the other corners – and sort of get that, but but you're not going to play him there. So, uh, I, so I, I'm I'm disappointed, and maybe that's bad thinking on my part. It really doesn't matter what position you're playing when you're you know running the forty and doing skills tests and stuff like that. But I I've seen Branch play. He's got three three or four three years of tape at Alabama. That's going to be used to evaluate more so than uh, what happened in Indianapolis. I, I still believe Brian Branch is a first round pick. 
Now, I won't be surprised if he goes in the, in the mid-20s or late 20s. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because, after all, he is a safety-type player, and safeties don't generally go really high in the draft. And I think maybe folks got a little too excited in the early projections of Branch, and they should have just said, well, he might be the first or second safety to go. That's usually somewhere in the 20s, you know, honestly. Yeah, um, and and he really has been important for Alabama, and, and it's like it's like the the Bryce Young stuff to me a little bit. Um, and and it, by the way, uh, the Anthony Richardson stuff for Florida, their quarterback. Who, I mean, Jimmy, you know you you're a big combine guy, and we're on a text thread, and you're like, man, he blew everybody away. Gosh. Um, Unbelievable. Can't believe it. I mean, the, the numbers are astounding. He's he's Cam Newton plus and whatever. And I'm not saying you're saying all that, but a lot of people are. And I, I mean, every now and again, I think you have to stop and say, OK, now, can he play football? Because <laughs> if you want to look at Bryce Young and say, look at his stats. I mean, if I stood next to Bryce Young, I, I don't mean this as a shot at Bryce Young. If I stood next to Bryce Young right now, maybe at age 50, you'd go, okay, which one of these guys plays quarterback? You might say me because I'm 6'5", and I hide my fatness very well. And, and I've got long arms. But Bryce Young is, in my opinion, the best player in Alabama history. And he's proven that time and time again. And for all the people that kill him for not doing this or not being that tall or whatever, um, I submit to you Exhibit A – the way he uh, passed all over the best defense in the country in uh, 2021 in the SEC title game and was doing it in the national championship game without his be- one of his best weapons and then lost his other best weapon and was hitting people in the numbers, couldn't catch it because we were on our third and fourth guys. And so, meanwhile, Anthony Richardson, he's just not a great passer. Even in the combine stuff, he was missing guys. Now, if this were a track event – or if I needed a player at the combine to track down a gazelle, I would I would look for Anthony Richardson. I'd say go get that gazelle if I had to eat it. I mean he's he's an unbelievable freak of nature. But can he yeah. pass the football? And it feels like that should be a pretty serious criterion for playing quarterback. But Jimmy, let's go ahead and take a break. Let me tell everybody about FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Look. FanDuel is the absolute best. You know all about them. Um, we've been bragging on them forever. They've been a fantastic sponsor. We appreciate them. Uh, and and you got that no sweat first bet that we're going to talk about. So if my live read ever comes up, I'm going to tell you all about FanDuel. You just wait and see. Because new customers get a nervous bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win. You can just go there, get some bonus bets back. All you get is bet, and if it doesn't win, you get bonus bets back. I mean, that's hard to beat right there, right? So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and the NFL. And the NBA is hot and heavy right now. College basketball is hot and heavy right now. You want some of this action, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash locked on. I just want to throw this out there, too. I'm, I'm not a huge Cam Newton fan, obviously. But to compare Anthony Richardson to Cam Newton is so ludicrous to me. And I've seen it on Twitter. And I'm, 
And usually when the Auburn guys have a conniption about something on Twitter, I'm kind of like, but I'm like, no, they have a point. I mean, you cannot like Cam Newton and still truly appreciate how good of a player he was at his unbelievable freakish stature. And you can also appreciate the freakishness of Anthony Richardson and understand he, he doesn't seem like he's that great of a quarterback. Well, not yet. He's also really young and inexperienced. And frankly, I think even though he's going to go in the first round and he's going to go really high, I think he would have been so well served by playing another year of college football. Because uh, as impressive as the combine numbers were impressive, he, he, he is a bigger, faster, stronger cam. He's, 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 then all that stuff is true. He is much faster even. Uh, but uh, here's another number. Anthony Richardson's QBR this past season was lower than Brady Cook's. Some people listening to this show don't even know who Brady Cook is. He He's a starting quarterback at Missouri. Alabama didn't play Missouri, so may, maybe some didn't know that. But Brady Cook at Missouri, his QBR was not good. And Missouri went to the portal, and they're trying to find another guy. Even though Brady Cook started all last season, they're trying to find another guy because Brady just wasn't a good enough passer. Anthony Richardson's QBR was lower than Brady Cook's. So he wasn't extremely effective, and Florida underachieved. And I think that's a bad sign for the quarterback when the team wins fewer games than it should. That can't be good for the quarterback. So I, I see all that stuff. Also say on the other end, Luke, the reason he's going to go really high and, and, and what he did at the Combine this weekend is a big part of that, is you could just pick out – uh, another quarterback that was at, at the thing, let's say Aiden Aiden O'Connell from Purdue, who's a good player. He's a good player at Purdue, and he's going to be a fifth or sixth round pick in this draft. And he's the, you know, straight out of Hollywood, six foot five, big arm, Tom Brady looking quarterback, right? Well, Aiden O'Connell's an NFL quarterback, so he's going to get drafted. But how good is he going to be? He's just an NFL guy. He's just a guy. Anthony Richardson has a chance. Now, maybe it's a small chance, but if Anthony Richardson pans out, he could be Mahomes. He could be Josh Allen. He he has. He's special. Now, he's got to pan out, and so far, it doesn't look like he, he will, to be honest, so far. But I'm just saying, and I think that's why sometimes there, there is a gamble that you have to take. Because you could just take Aiden O'Connell. He can play in the NFL. But how is he going to help you not just win NFL games on Sundays, but how is he going to help you get to the playoffs, win in the playoffs, and go win a Super Bowl? I think Anthony Richardson has enormous upside. In the event he does start panning out, then the sky's the limit for him. And that's why he's going to go super high, like it or not. Uh, very quickly, I don't think we talked about it in the podcast yesterday, so let's talk a little bit about Alabama's draw for this SEC tournament. They play on Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to try my best to get up there in time for the game and meet Maturins and uh, go to that contest. We'll play the winner of Mississippi State and Florida. Unbelievably, Florida is the eight seed. Mississippi State is the nine seed. Florida has zero chance to make the NCAA tournament. I think Mississippi State is in as of this moment, but they can't lose to Florida, I don't think. Then they – it, assuming I'm ordering that game, they would play the winner of probably Tennessee. Uh, right now, I might favor Missouri in that matchup. Really? And then they would go championship game. I love Alabama's bracket. I want it to be 
a little bit easier. We've played a tough enough schedule where I don't need us to play any tough games in the SEC tournament until championship game. No, that's right. Uh, you know, the thing the thing for me, uh, and, and here, here's why Mississippi State might be a bad draw in, in this one sense. And, and I think Alabama is going to beat Mississippi State Friday. I'm not saying that they won't win the game, although it might be ugly because uh, Mississippi State can do that to you. They're very, very good defensively. That 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 state team has a difficulty scoring, but they're elite defensively. And Alabama really needs to use the SEC tournament as a place to get hot again. They they need to find their shot. Uh, that, that, that to me is almost, hey, if they, I'll take not winning the SEC tournament because that's what they need to do going into the NCAA tournament is. They need to find their shot again. Uh, I don't know if Mississippi State's the right team to do that in, in the sense that they're so elite defensively. I'm not sure there's a better team in the whole league, honestly, on that side of the ball uh, than Mississippi State. So in that sense, it's a challenge. But, uh, hey, if you get to the quarters and Alabama gets a double buy into the quarters, you get to the quarters in the SEC, so you're playing a top eight SEC team, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. Doesn't matter who you play, even Florida – uh, you know, they're, they're a good team. Uh, now, uh, Alabama's the number one seed playing an eight or a nine. You're going to be favored to win by several points, and I believe Alabama's going to do that. It'd be a heck of a challenge Saturday, whether it's Missouri or Tennessee. I, I hope it's Tennessee myself, and I know it's not the same Tennessee team we played in Knoxville because Ziggler's out for the year now. But the idea, as soon as that Tennessee moment it was over, my first thought was, I would love to play that team in the SEC tournament uh, away from Knoxville on a neutral floor and see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm sure now Tennessee will say, oh, we don't have Ziggler this time. And I, I get it. I get it. They're not the same team. But regardless, Tennessee would still be good without Ziggler. You could take out any one player from Alabama, and I still think Alabama's good. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. We appreciate you guys a ton, and we'll be back tomorrow with more Locked on Bama. Until then, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.